and welcome across the multiverse to Earth 894, a podcast ruled by the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Here on Earth 894, we discuss the latest and greatest in MCU news, trailers, reviews, commentary, blah, 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 all that awesome stuff. But today, we're back again to discuss episode three of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Before we dive into all the craziness and wacky and awesome action that happened in the last episode, I'm joined by the awesome, the amazing, the incredible, the spectacular, the Louis Tonnerini. That is me. I am here. That is you. Did you say your name? Oh, yeah. I'm Devin Stone. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Thanks, man. I always forget. You know, see, I, uh, I'm just so excited to talk about everything that's happened last week with you. And just I'm always so happy to start talking with my best bud here, Louie, that I just forget my own name sometimes. I just like everyone to know your name. You have a cool name. Oh, uh, thanks, man. You do, too. No. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> but yeah, so it, episode three was really incredible. I think it's so far it's my favorite episode. But um, before we dive into that, of course, we always like to warm up a little bit with some little uh, discussion, just kind of going over what's happened the last week for each other. And we call it MCU for you. Hashtag that. So, Louie, you know what I'm going to ask. What's been MCU for you, man? MCU for you. I, what did I do? Um, I was texting you the other day. I watched Captain America, the Winter Soldier, Captain America 2, if you will. Um, great movie. Has a lot to do with Sam and uh, Bucky. So I was like really digging it. And everyone tells me that Cap's suit in that movie is the best one. And he starts with a suit that's like... The stealth suit. Is that the one he starts with? Yeah, that's the all blue one. That's like Navy. Okay. Yeah, that's a stealth suit. Trash. Trash, in my opinion. (sighs) Okay, are people telling you that that's the best suit or just the suit he wears later on in the movie is the best? Everyone tells me that the suit that he wears in the second Captain America is the best suit. Mm-hmm. And I was watching it. And I'm like, this suit is trash. I don't know. It's the the one with like, it might just have like a star and then it's like branches yeah, it's out to like more stars. And I'm just like, I like the red, white and blue myself. Yeah. So like he steals the suit from the museum. Mm-hmm. And Stanley's like, Oh, I'm going to get fired. Oh man. I am so fired. He put that suit on and it's like the blue with the big blue star. Yeah. And then the the red, white, and blue tummy. It's got like a holster or whatever on there. I'm like, mm. this suit is dope. Yeah. And, and so that's the suit. Because I was texting you. I was like, oh, I came here to talk shit. And then uh, I got proven wrong pretty quickly. So, <laughs> so yeah, I watched that movie. Nice classic right it was awesome right man i was on vacation last week so i uh had some time to do other stuff i bought a i bought a new pop socket oh yeah it's captain america's shield yeah and if you're curious how it looks louis was gracious enough to share it on our instagram and facebook so uh it's pretty cool um anything else mcu related i uh I used my son's Spider-Man towel. 
And then I sent you a picture of that because why not? Oh, that was a towel. I just thought it was like an actual like. Nope. Towel. Sleeveless <laughs> uh, like vest hoodie or whatever. No, that's oh. why I had like a gray towel around. That makes so much more sense. Around now. my fat. And then I put the Spider-Man towel around my head and and boobs. My you boobs. know what? I'm going to make that your contact photo. Of course you are. Why oh, you? now it makes sense. I totally see it. Oh. Yeah. That's a dope-ass towel, man. I want that. Yeah, it's on Amazon. He also has a Captain America one that I sent you. But the Captain America one's too big. Uh, for you or for him? Uh, it's too big for him. <laughs> it's too small for me because we yeah, are very different sense. sizes. <laughs> yeah, if it was too big for you, it's definitely too big for him. I just was what I said. No, that's cool, man. So uh, anything else? I'm sure, but off the top of my head, I can't think of anything. Oh, good. I used I used the hashtag uh, MCU for you on the uh, yeah. Instagram post. But we'll uh, swing it over to you. What was MCU for you, Mr. Devin? Boom, ba, ba, kapow. Uh, for me, I too did not watch anything. Uh, it was a busy weekend again with Easter and everything. But uh, for the most part, just been looking at some different uh, MCU stuff and I definitely am. I, so I take forever to decide on things. So for instance, I'm trying to, you know, just buy a Spider-Man mug because all I have are Star Wars ones. So I'm like, yo, man. <laughs> Something's not right here. I need a little Spidey mug in my uh, drawer. <laughs> and um, so I was looking at box lunch and stuff, and there's a really funny one that says my pumpkin spice senses are tingling. It has uh, Spidey, um, his like Spidey sense symbol with his mask and everything, but it's like a pumpkin. It's orange. It's funny. Um, but, you know, there's a deal on it, so I can get it for only like $10. However, if I pay for ship, because I have to pay for shipping, it brings it back to the original price. Or I can wait longer days and get that $10 price and free shipping if I get it sent to the nearest store. But then I still have to actually drive to that store, which takes time out of my day. So literally the matter of like an extra $7 is what I'm trying to figure out on. And it's like, well, if I just add more stuff to the cart, then I get free shipping once I go after like 50 bucks or whatever. So then I'm trying to persuade Alyssa to get stuff. And then it's like, okay, it's just a mug. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so i was all over the place really and I, clearly i have not gotten the mug yet because i'm uh, very indecisive and i have to look up everything at every option before i do make a decision do so, you like pumpkin spice yeah i do i do i'll be i'll be basic i don't mind i'm, I'm not a mug guy but i mean i'm more of an a and w guy no when you have a mug like this you tend to not do mugs you know <laughs> Oh man, all that frothy goodness. Save it for a snack later on that beard of yours. <laughs> Something I will never understand or never experience. <laughs> Cause I can't grow a beard. Lucky you. But yeah. Yeah. Aside from that, um, we got some new trailers that came out over the last couple of days. And so um watched one and the other one I didn't really want to watch because I'm already going to the movie in July. Cause that was for Black Widow. So let's transition into the little news that we have for this week. The meat and bones, as you call it. The meat and bones before the meat and bones. <laughs> Everything's meat and bones. So Black Widow, I think it's it was actually titled the final trailer that dropped this uh, past Monday, Sunday, one of the days. Uh, I think it was Monday. And so um, they had uh, some more stuff in it. From what I've like read, there wasn't too much reveal, just a little bit more action and a little uh, 
just a little more sprinkles on top to keep you interested and intrigued. But I don't know about you, man, but July can't come any sooner because I am so, so ready to finally see a movie back in the theater. And I want, I think at this point, I'm going to make my first movie back in the theater, Black Widow. There's been a couple other movies I've wanted to see, like Godzilla vs. Kong and some others, but, you know, it just didn't work out and I was too tired, things like that. But now I'm like, you know, let's just save it for that right special moment. You know, you know what I'm saying? But uh, aside from that, uh, did you no, have to watch the trailer? I don't care how many pillows are in the back of your truck. I want it to be special. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. I didn't watch any trailers, no. Oh, good. Well, the more important one that came out was the second Loki trailer. And that one had a lot more information in it. And I'm sold on that show. It's just, there's a lot more to do with like time travel and things like that. It's almost like he's a time cop. But there was a lot more Owen Wilson accent, uh, action in the uh, trailer. And I like to see some Owen Wilson. Wow. Yeah, wow. Kerchiga. And um, oddly enough, Owen Wilson in the MCU with Tom Hiddleston, their synergy is really, really good. Just based off what I saw in the trailer, I, I'm actually pretty excited to see the show. That comes out, I want to say, in uh, June. So we'll have pretty much like a break uh, for May for uh, Disney Plus content, and then it'll be back to Loki series in June, then we'll have Black Widow in July. So we'll have a little bit of a break. But yeah, that trailer looks pretty good, so I'm sold. Definitely no longer on the fence at all. I am in it for the long haul. Hannah and I are trying to get to uh, Kong versus Godzilla. Yeah. So we watched the first Godzilla the other day. Mm-hmm. I guess this kind of goes with the MCU for you. I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to do this, but we watched the first Godzilla the other day and uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson or whatever his name is, is the star of that movie. Is he really? Yeah. And he's married to Elizabeth Olsen. Oh, so it's, so it's, it's that's, Scarlet, yeah, that's weird. Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver are married and you're just like, this isn't okay. And then Pietro, no! they're like making out and they're getting ready to, to do it and then uh the phone rings or whatever but i'm just like oh no oh yeah you're right that was 2014 i forgot about that movie because it came out in 2014 and then king of the monsters didn't come out until five years later and i don't think they're even in king of the monsters no not at all no (laughs) they just said screw all these people we had in the first one yeah majority of the people are not even in that movie but we went from Quicksilver Scarlet Witch in Godzilla. And then we watched Kong Skull Island, which has every MCU character possible, I feel. No, I actually tried watching that Friday night and I fell asleep after five minutes just because I was so tired. Um, But I woke up halfway through the movie and I just see like Samuel Jackson just sitting with his feet up on a desk. And I was like, what the hell? I couldn't have been halfway through the movie. You woke up in the beginning, man. He's not not on any desk in the uh, middle. But oh, man. Then I fell asleep again. Samuel L. Jackson, Nick Fury, he's in Kong Skull Island. Brie Larson, Captain Marvel, she's in Kong Skull Island. Tom Hiddleston, Loki, Kong Skull Island. I'm sure there's more. That's all I can think of off the top of my head. Damn. But I, then the other funny thing is, like, one of the one of the guys, one of the scientist guys is from straight out of Compton. 
One of the soldiers uh, is from straight out of Compton. I was like, are they just stealing actors from other movies for this movie or what? Yeah, that sounds like uh, <laughs> like quite the cast there. I think Andy Serkis did a lot of help with the Kong portion of it all. Andy Serkis, Claw. Oh, yeah, from, he does. Uh, he's pretty much the go-to person for motion capture. Yeah, he's the man. And he's also Ulysses Claw from Black Panther and uh, stuff like that. Yeah, he's going to be uh, directing Venom too, which is pretty cool because I think it's his first, maybe a second uh, director role for a feature film. So I'm pretty stoked because that's going to be, um, I feel like that's going to be really good with him in the director's chair, but that's not the MCU for now. I don't know. Yeah. So I was laughing because Tom Hiddleston's like the the hunky handsome savior in Kong Skull Island. And then you're watching the MCU and he's like little grimy, skinny Loki. I am a God who's just surrounded by these brutes of men, just whipping them around and stuff. Good times. Good times. So Louie, that's me. Are you, are you ready to take a trip? Yeah, let's go. Where are we going? Uh, I've heard of this really nice uh, tourist destination. I don't know if you heard of it. Uh, it's called Matripore. Matripore. I've never heard of it. Oh, man, you're in for a treat. Especially if you like snakes, you're going to have a great time. I hate snakes. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so Falcon and the Winter Soldier, episode three. I told him about Trouble Man. He wrote it in that book. You hear it? What would you think? I like 40s music, so... You didn't like it? I wanted to. It is a masterpiece, James. Complete. Comprehensive. It captures the African-American experience. He's out of line, but he's right. I stole Steve's shield, remember? I also took the wings for your ass so that you could save his ass from his ass. Episode three. Overall, the episode called Power Broker. It didn't show the Power Broker. Still didn't meet the Power Broker. No, but I got some ideas. Kind of got some ideas bouncing around about uh, who the mysterious Power Broker might be. I can't wait to hear them. But overall, I want to get your uh, get your thoughts. What are your opinion? What did you think of this episode? Good episode, all in all. I th- you watched it before me and you texted me. You're like, best episode yet. This is the best. Yeah. So I went in and I was like, this is going to be dope. And then I was like, eh, it was pretty good. I mean, mm. I think you just, you built it up so high and then my, it just didn't quite reach where you built it to, but, but uh, I thought it was good. Oh, my heart, Louie, my heart. <laughs> you know how I am. No, nah, it's good. There wasn't enough Captain America in it. Uh, <laughs> now I see. I, I take it back. I take it back. No, I'm just teasing. But I, was, I, I thought there was going to be a lot more like crazy action or something that that got you going. And I was like, yeah, there was a little bit of action, but not too much. Well, it's funny you mentioned the action because um, what's his face? Uh, the guy who uh, is pretty much responsible for a lot of the um, John Wick movies as writer and all that. Uh, he actually helped write this episode so um his name is Derek Kolstad so if you were have you seen the John Wick movies I have not 
Well, I mean, they're basically just, you know, Keanu Reeves on a rampage. Yeah, they killed his dog, and so he killed him. Yeah, but they're good. They're really entertaining. But they have a lot of that, uh, like, city neon light uh, cityscape environment. So all those scenes in Madripoor really felt like I was in John Wick, um, where I was, like, watching the movie again. So it's kind of funny when I actually read up and saw that he uh, had a writing credit on this episode. I'm like, ah, I see where they brought him in. Because this episode, I want to say, I don't know if it had the most action, but it had, yeah, it probably didn't have the, I don't know. It just, it had a lot of like hand-to-hand combat, a lot more of that very like sudden, you're in a pinch, you have to fight your way out or punch your way out. And so that gave me a lot of those like more John Wick kind of vibes, um, which I find very, very entertaining. So all the stuff with Madripoor and then onto like the later scene with um, when they meet the scientists and everything. I loved it. I was like, yeah, this is good. This is the meat and bones. Yeah. Any other uh, thoughts on just overall with the episode for you? I liked uh, we got Sharon Carter back. Yeah, finally. She was she was home. The end. We had we had we had a return. We'll get to her. Yeah. Yeah. All in all. It with uh, we were talking a little bit like Zemo is like a likable guy now. I don't know about all that, but. There he is, Mr. Likeable. Yeah, I made the comment earlier uh, before we started recording and saying, like, what is this year that we're in that Zemo is the most likable character on the show and everyone hates Captain America? What is 2021? 2020 really messed us up, man. <laughs> yeah. It's been, it's, been, it's been a long year. I'm really glad we finally got Sharon Carter back in the episode. Emily Van Camp, she surprised me. I did not expect her to be such like a total kind of bamp of a character and she's kind of like what are you guys doing here you're like the heck is wrong with you guys oh yeah i'm still on the run and she made that really funny uh comment to them about like oh yeah i'm in trouble because i helped get your wings so you could save his ass to get his ass for his ass and it was pretty funny yeah when she's kind of laying them all down they're all looking at each other simultaneously too as the camera pans it's kind of like oh me what sorry (laughs) So she's kind of put them in their place and it was really funny. But I mean, when you look at it, literally like some of the biggest players in the story for Civil War are all in the same room. And they're all just kind of like, oh, yeah, uh, let's kind of forget about that. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, we we uh one of the biggest movie events in Marvel history, but we're just going to pretend like that never happened. Right. Right. So let's kind of break it down with some of these character introductions, because there's a few of them um, with Zemo. I thought he was, uh, I originally was predicting that he was already out of jail. Um, and then we saw in the end of episode two that no, he's still in there. So I kind of wonder if he got snapped or not, if it's ever going to get addressed, but maybe not either way. We learned a lot more about this guy with his baronhood, And if that's even a term for it, but he's basically, he's got the money. He's rich. He's got moolah. Yeah. And I did not expect that, but I, I kind of dug it. It made more sense that he's all, all of a sudden he's like, oh, yes, I have assets and I have jets and I have all the fancy cars. Yeah, wasn't he like a living like a like a poor guy in Sokovia when his family got blown up? I feel like we may have just assumed he was because he's from Sokovia and we saw there was a lot of kind of... um like civil unrest and everything, civil war, poverty going on. So it didn't seem like there was any like luxurious um, homes or anything, at least in the city. And it did sound like 
they're literally all trying to run away and then you know his father and his uh child and his wife uh were in the blast so they didn't make it out but he did so it did kind of seem like he was uh poor and desperate or something um a little strange but for the most part it wasn't that bad he kind of surprised me with the whole um jail sequence and stuff like that because all of a sudden he's just back in the flesh and he's here after um what is it that hypothetical situation when bucky is telling sam in the like garage or whatever oh uh bucky said that they should break him out and sam yeah. was yelling at him and he says do you think the wakandans have forgotten about this <laughs> and he says uh it's a hypothetical question they have yeah. not <laughs> and uh he said he said he blew up the king of wakanda and framed you for it you think it's a good idea to get him out of jail so like maybe i think i think it was way too easy they were like oh yeah you just do this 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 and this and he's out and it's like yeah i felt like that i agree it seemed like it was way too easy for him granted they're all like past secret agents and everything and they got a certain set of skills but either way it did seem like you know if this is one of the most dangerous people on the whole planet because of everything he did in civil war in the past shouldn't he be in a little bit more tighter security and not just like a dark room and only like one guard on standby or something i liked when i liked when bucky insisted on going in by himself and he walked in and and zemo started uh with the homecoming train yeah he tried doing the little password sequence as soon as he walks in this is a guy you can't trust he walks in homecoming train car and and bucky's like bro that doesn't work anymore he's like oh well it was worth a shot (laughs) i feel like zemo kind of knew too because it's been a while and it's like there's no way bucky would just walk in alone like that if he was still vulnerable i think he even said like oh yeah i know i just messing with you yeah He's like, hey, LMAO, how's it going, man? That's I'm likable now, so, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. But yeah, um, what a team up. Zemo was hanging with the crew the whole time, and I I didn't trust him at every scene, in every point of the episode. I was just waiting for him to betray, betray, do something else. But so far, he stuck with him the whole time. I still feel like he's going to make some type of twist or turn, or the moment he's like, all right, I can escape. F these guys, I'm going on my own. Because I don't think he's like totally like a new good person. He has no reason to be. He just kind of yeah. looks out for himself at this point. There's no way that he's going to stay good. Yeah. But one of the funniest moments in this whole episode I want to point out is uh, when they're on his uh, private jet after they've already taken off and they start like talking about stuff and um, they see Bucky's got his journal out, which turns out it's actually from Cap. Cap gave him that journal. Because that was the one he wrote everything in for like stuff he has to catch up on from over the decades. And so um, when they start talking about like music and Marvin Gaye and all like that, it's kind of funny how Zemo's like, oh, yes, yeah, great masterpiece, beautiful music. And he, Sam says that he encapsulates f- the the black community or something like he says something, yeah. something about the black community. Sam's like, he's out of line. He's right, but he's out of line. Yeah, that's one of the best one-liners the whole time, and I hands down that I think Sam has ever had in the whole uh, MCU. I I I laughed my ass off when he said that, and I'm like, this is like 
perfect meme format. I haven't seen anyone use it, surprisingly. But I feel like that one line is like, no, he's out of line, but he's got a point. Yeah. <laughs> he's right. He's out of line, but he's right. That's such a good meme. We'll figure it out. Right. Sounds like something we could put on our Instagram page. Mm-hmm. At earth894 underscore podcast. Follow it. Do it. Or else we're going to have to start spitting out homecoming. Another words. Longing. Rusted. I just Train looked it car. up. Train car. Or box 17. Car. Daybreak. Furnace. Nine. Benign. Homecoming. One. Freight car. Freight car. That was it. Ready to comply. They, uh, they broke him out of jail. I don't remember exactly what happened, but they went on there. Then they just went straight to the jet, right? And he gave that yeah, old man a kiss. Give him like the, like the lowdown because um, did they go to like the garage first with his cars or was that after? That was flight? first. That was first. Yeah, because then he, you know, that's when he actually picks up that uh, mask again. Yeah. Or, not again for the first time. His his little his little uh, super villain mask is yeah purple ski mask. You know something that I've been wondering now because we had this talk a while ago. Um, we're like, is his name Baron Zemo or is it Helmet Zemo? And it is Helmet, but then he mentions that he's a Baron, and so in the comics, from what I've uh, looked up briefly, is that um, Baron Zemo is the father, Helmet Zemo is the son. And eventually, you know, Helmet takes over the role and becomes Baron, things like that. So I'm kind of wondering if that mask itself is actually, uh, if it originally belonged to his father. And maybe that's why it was like sentimental to him. And that's why he grabbed it when he saw it. Um, Because really there's, it just, it wouldn't make sense if he's like, oh yes, I always use this mask or whatever. I, I feel like there has to be something sentimental to him. And we do know he's a sentimental person because of, the lanes he went to in civil war just because the revenge he wanted for his family. So I wouldn't put it past him if that's his dad's or an heirloom, an odd one, but it even looks like it had like a reinforced, like a uh, face shell in the front too, to kind of keep that uh, form on his face. But also maybe it's like good form of protection, like bulletproof or some type of uh defense material. Yeah, probably. But he's basically Batman, except not as how dark, mysterious, dare no parents. you? How dare you call him got, Batman? He is not Batman. I'm not calling him Batman. I'm saying he's got similarities. He's oh got all, he's got the underground thing. He's goodness. What's your? Oh yeah, what's your superpower? I'm rich. Iron Man is basically Batman. If we're, I don't want to get into this. Let's let's. Keep going with the with the episode. They get on. They they go. Need degrees for that hot take. Yeah, goodness. He goes and kisses an old man. They go get on their plane. They fly to Madripoor. Madripoor is a wonderful little town, tourist full, destination, full of bad guys. It seems like. Yeah, it's all full of. Uh, they reference what was it saying? Like it's um, it's been there since like the. 1800s or was it 14 i think it was 18 because it's basically like a haven for pirates unlawful tons of renegades and it just stuck but technology and everything society grew with it so basically that's not the place you want to go anytime at all if you're uh not looking for trouble 
But Especially our if guys you're an are looking Avenger. for trouble. Yeah. Or if you're the smiling tiger. Yeah, he um they went on their plane and Zemo explained that uh Bucky has to be the winter soldier again. Mm-hmm. Which is basically just don't smile, don't have any emotions. And then he explained to Sam that he's gotta be the smiling tiger. And he just pulls up a picture of this guy. Sam's like, well, he does look like me. Yeah. But then they don't give him any information on how to be this guy. So Sam just grunts a lot. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's look tough. And doesn't he have like a funny little comedy makes about that too? He's like, why does he look like a pimp? And I wasn't uh Zemo the one who challenged like the the stereotype. He's like, why is it every like American thinks like any black dressed up gentleman is a pimp or something? <laughs> he made that funny comment. It's like, dude, Zemo woke too? Yeah. What the hell's going on? That's Zemo for you, man. <laughs> he's the new uh, top guy here in 2021. He he's just so funny this episode, which I was not expecting. I think that may like he may have been the best part of the episode for me, just because of how much fun he was, which is weird to say, but it works. But yeah, they end up going to uh, a little bar. Which do you have the name of the bar? Not was off the, the top of my head. Did, didn't you say it was called the golden monkey or something about i keep wanting to call it like the bronze monkey but i feel like it's not right um but there was like so many different other bars and so, like neon signs and everything too and you actually found a little bit of a connection to a certain x-men character that you like and really 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 want to come into the mcu like yesterday um what are you referring to wasn't there a name of a bar they walk past and you said that's where like uh Oh yeah, they go they go to their they're going to their bar. I tried to look it up. I'm terrible at stuff. No, you're good. Um they try to go to their bar. They pass this this big neon sign that says the Princess Bar. And uh in the comic books, actually, this this guy, I swear, this guy drinks there and they, they're walking past it and they don't go in, of course, because maybe he would have been in there and I would have been so excited. But the Hulk <laughs> drinks there, you guys. The freaking Hulk. What? That's so oh, funny. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wolverine! <laughs> Wolverine! Wolverine drinks at the Princess Bar in Madripoor in the, in the comic books. So, uh, yeah. We're getting Wolverine, you guys. He's in Madripoor. Yeah, I don't even imagine. Magipore 2 is even pretty big in mutants uh, for the comics as well. I don't want to. I mean, I want to say it has to do with like new mutants. I think that's where it's in a, uh, when it got introduced in that storyline or whatever. Uh, either way, it has to, it has some mutant references going on in the show so far. And maybe everything to do with the super soldier uh, serum actually can allude to or have some type of role to play with mutants down the road. We can only hope so. Yeah, I know. We des- you want it, man. We deserve good mutants, I think. Good mutants? I agree. We, we've put up with a lot of mutants that weren't as, as good as they could have been. We deserve good mutants. There's, there's just so many of them that it just felt like, aside from maybe a few, everyone else is, you know, forgetful. Kevin, Forgettable. Fe- Kevin Feige would have made Hugh Jackman like... 10 times made him better RDJ than I mean, Hugh Jackman's already like he would have been the biggest star. I think that they, that they had, but 
yeah, it would have been Liddy on my titties if Hugh Jackman could have been in the MCU as Wolverine. That would have been awesome. Do you think Wolverine could have survived the snap if it was him instead of Tony at the end of Endgame? Yeah. Or Deadpool. Who's another mutant? Is Deadpool a mutant? We're not He's getting not into this. But yeah, the regeneration stuff, man. He would have been like, uh, like Tony was, and then just his face would have grown back, and he would have been like, hey, bub, let's go have a cigar. And everybody would have had a cigar. And it would have been freaking dope. I'm telling what you. His, what would his one line be instead of, and I am Iron Man? What would Wolverine say well, right before he snapped? Well, you know, in uh, first class, X Men first class. I don't know if you ever saw it, but yeah, they go around and they're collecting mutants to start their team, and they actually go into a bar and Wolverine's sitting there, yeah, smoking yeah. a cigar. And um, PG thirteen movies are allowed one f bomb, mm-hmm. and they used it on Wolverine. So Wolverine has the uh, the gauntlet on. Excuse me, right hand gauntlet mm-hmm. on. Little slits in it for his for his uh his knives his mm-hmm. knuckle knives, and he tells Thanos, Thanos says I am inevitable, and then Wolverine says Go fuck yourself, bah! <laughs> <laughs> and then I am just like yes, yes, yes. I'm going absolutely berserk. Tony Stark still alive, Captain America still alive, Wolverine saves the MCU. Damn. Sign me up as a writer. Let's be real. I mean, we'll, we'll uh, keep our email inbox open, and we'll be good. And there you go. Uh, and then Going Wolverine comes it. in and just fucks everybody up. <laughs> <laughs> Basically what it comes down to, but yeah, so... Um, so anyway, they're, they're in Madripoor. They go to their bar. Mm-hmm. We'll call it the Bronze Monkey. It's probably not right. Just, <laughs> just work with us, guys. Um, yeah. When they get inside, it, it's your typical like, we're some secret guys, we're undercover, but you know, trouble always finds us, and mischief is our middle names. And they're having to find that one person that we need to talk to, who will let us talk to another person, who will give us the information on another person. But it's never easy. No, that's never the plan. Easy. Yeah, it's very. Uh, cliche but the best part was uh the bartender looks at sam and he goes smiling tiger you want the uh the usual and sam just nods and he like makes this disgusting shot i don't even remember what was in it It was like a worm or a snake it was like it oh man going back to that too like even the bartender just looked at him like he like pulls the guts out of something yeah he just takes a snake which i don't know if it was still alive or it was dead but he literally just like cuts it open pulls out some organs or some (laughs) sort of entrails puts it in some type of shot and even like the bartender's just like i only have the snake because of you yeah (laughs) this was a special (laughs) request from the smiling tiger yeah it's my tiger's like Mm, and gives him the thumbs and up. Then Sam drinks it. Ugh, why? He had to, man. He had to be a character, like yeah, Zemo said. Then, then he freaking well. Okay, so he drinks it. He's in character. 
And then I don't really understand what happens, but like some people come up and they're like, you're not supposed to be here. And then uh, Zemo says, well, Winter Soldier, do your thing. And then Bucky just beats the living shit out of like six dudes. Yeah. Which just makes me so mad. He's fighting all these super soldier people getting just wrecked. And now he's in this bar just messing up any person at all. Which I get it. Super soldiers are different than regular people, but come on, Bucky. Yeah. It's like, if you're going to be OP at this time, be a little OP all the time. Well, I think this time he actually wasn't holding himself back. The more I think about it with the truck, I think uh, the truck scene in episode two, I think he was holding himself back after he uh, realized that Carly's, he she does look so young and he was probably just not prepared for that fight and a little confused and taken back. So I think he held himself back a bit, but this time he's like, nah, dude, I can, I can go full soldier on him. Um, but Zemo also makes that lot like a little remark to him after that fight scene is over, basically saying like, like how easy it was for him to come back to it or like it never left him or whatever the line was. But it's kind of like, like I knew I still, you still had that like darkness in you. Yeah. Winter soldier never left. But such sadness. Yeah. So they had to finally meet with that, uh, almost like, like this secondhand person to, um, uh, the power broker, because all over this place, they're trying to find out who the power broker is. They need to figure out what is going on with the serum and everything going on and there's even that cool like power watch uh power broker is always watching that spray painted on one of the walls while they're walking through um Magipore, which i thought was kind of cool yeah yeah but they're uh trying to meet up with a character named selby which even in the comics i don't think really had a big significant role so it's kind of like one of those haha comic reference but bye bye after five minutes because they get that weirdest like interaction where you know they're trying to figure out who's the person behind all this and what's going on and they wanted to just like zemo was using bucky as leverage to trade him off and everything but when um sam gets that phone call everyone could hear the vibrate and everything i was like all right yeah. Is, like I think you could have done that a little better for how the cover gets blown. Sam doesn't have a Motorola razor and this isn't freshman year of high school on my desk where it's just like Yeah, it's all oh. over the place. Yeah. Come on. This is 2025 at that point, 2026. Right? Aren't they 5 years into the future? I think they're at 2023 at the end of Endgame. And this is six months afterwards. Oh, see, I don't, I don't know. But I think it's 2023. Anyway. Yeah. They have the iPhone 14, whatever it is. Why is your vibrate so freaking loud? I thought that was dumb too. Yeah. I think even someone pointed out that it shows like a quick glimpse on his phone screen that he's actually connected to Wi-Fi. So he like the dumbass didn't even like turn his Wi-Fi connection off. But it's literally like, out of all the things you forget, you don't forget to put your phone on silent or just off. I don't know. Yeah. So, I mean, it was funny how it went down where he's trying to like talk to his sister like, yeah, and I'll mess this guy up too or blah, blah, blah. And then she's like, Sam. And they're like, Sam, what? Kill him. 
Yeah, who is Sam? Kill these people. <laughs> Duck season. Fire. Which I thought was funny. And then bang, bang. Deus Ex Machina from the window to the walls. <laughs> Sharon Carter. Yep. Well, I don't know. I kind of wonder if it was Sharon Carter or if she had like maybe someone else helping her because that's when we finally get introduced to her character back again. But I think we only see her actually taking shots at those other guys right before she joins up with uh, the group, right? She takes out a couple of uh, bounty hunters because then it gets full John Wick style where literally like everyone has a bounty after Selby's death and then they're like extremely wanted and everyone's going to be like, haha, let's kill him. That's literally straight out of John Wick. But um, I'm not sure if she took the if she was actually the one who took out Selby because she even says like, uh, you guys have a bounty on your head or something like Selby must be dead or something like that. And so I was kind of like, is she playing dumb or is she just did she literally just not do it? I, I don't know. And it, I have a feeling that's not really that crucial or critical as a plot point from like the actual uh writer's perspective so that might not even ever be like truly answered or addressed but i just find it a little suspicious because she alone is kind of suspicious this whole episode with everything she's been doing in madripoor since civil war and um later on in the episode she makes a comment to like her driver or whoever picks her up later in the episode that made me kind of think a little bit more critically that she might be up to some nefarious acts here. Hmm. But um, I'll get to that after we kind of finish. I never even section. thought of that. Yeah. Because the whole point is the power broker, but we never actually get a glimpse into who this person is. I'm assuming their identity is going to be revealed. End of episode four. Because then that gives us two episodes to kind of wrap up with all the final uh, everything going on. Well, while they were talking to the selby you said her name was Mm -hmm. she gives she doesn't give up the power broker but she gives up another gentleman i don't want to say gentleman he's kind of a bad dude i'm trying to find his name yeah because he's the dr nagel so she gives up this guy nagel and uh when they meet up with sharon carter they're saying that uh they need to find Nagel and she finds like a shipping yard with a bunch of shipping containers to uh, take them to. And mm-hmm. they're doing their thing inside there talking to him. And he, he seems like a real great a piece of garbage. What do you think? Yeah. Just a, uh, just trash human. He seems like one of those like, uh, ne'er do wells who are, um, too obsessed with their product being what they actually create that they have no moral dilemma internally and they're just all sort of ethics are just out the window put they just care about um a means to an end essentially so it seems he, very nazi you know nazi yeah i guess i guess his character from what i looked up a little bit too just very briefly on him i think he actually had like so the character himself in the comics had to do with testing the serum with Isaiah Bradley. Yeah. 
you know, way back when, but this character obviously couldn't have done it because he's much younger. But in the comics, yeah, he actually had a role in that. So it shows kind of like the well, you kind of shady side of him. He he does his little speech, and I think they said that he uses Isaiah Bradley's blood. He's one of the guys that takes his blood, and yeah, that's a sample how, of some, and that's how he makes the super soldier serum. Mm-hmm. He perfects it, and he's it ta- he's talking about he uh, apparently. What was was I going to say? Um, he was so close to perfecting it or whatever, and then he got blipped away. Mm-hmm. And then five years he came back, and they were just like, "Yeah, we're not working on that anymore." And he was pretty upset about it. Goes full Mojo Jojo. Yeah. Oh, excuse yeah, the whole me. Whole time while he's talking about it too, he just see that like sinister shitting grin on him too. And then uh, Sharon, meanwhile, is outside keeping watch. She's just getting obliterated not a obli- well she was winning but she's just getting attacked from all angles by yeah the waves just keep by coming bounty off, hunters uh, it's mm-hmm. like playing spider-man on ps4 and oh, you gotta constantly yeah constantly take on these people yeah except she doesn't have any spidey power she's just out there black widowing it up mm-hmm. exactly and then, and then they finally like get into the shipping container i think or something but it's like, well, it's time to go. We got to go now. And then Zemo just straight up murks that guy. They wanted more answers out of him and who the power broker is and everything. And Zemo's like, yeah, I'm done with yeah, this guy. I thought it was kind of suspicious, too, because it's like, what does he know? Because he's kind of seeing him in the background creeping around and he finds that gun. Um, but also, you got to think, he really, really, really hated the fact that there is still research being done for the the super soldier serum and that's kind of what got him bought into the idea of what sam and bucky are trying to accomplish so i think he may have just acted purely on just you know what we we got all we need you're an awful human being you're the reason why we have these problems bam no remorse i think that's what i don't think he was like trying to yeah i didn't think it was like oh he didn't want him revealing that he's a power broker but he probably would have realized who he was speaking to right away. Uh, Dr. Nagel would have seen him if he was the power broker. You're like, oh no, oh no. And then it would have been too easy and too outed. But um, yeah, I even feel like Dr. Nagel said something, or maybe it was Selby. One of those uh, characters mentioned that they actually never actually like met the power broker or knew the true identity. So there is that too. Yeah, doc- Dr. Nagel, he got... Uh... He got off pretty quickly. I think, like like what you said, uh, he's the whole thing with the super soldiers, and he's trying to bring them back. And Zemo's not about that, you know. Mm-hmm. He killed all the super soldiers before, and he doesn't want them here at all. I don't really know what I'll his big, big problem is. I think he just doesn't think the world needs supers. Yeah, and so he he just shoots him. He says, I don't care what you know. I don't, you know, Mm -hmm. this isn't his mission. He doesn't care. He just wants him gone. Yeah. So it makes a little bit more sense with his character. And then they go out into the shipyard where Sharon is. And uh, that's when you get the bickering from said Bucky and Sam. Yeah, you get the, 
No, I said go on the left. Go to right. No, what are you doing? You said you were going left. He says, that's in every action movie. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, because that whole lab got blown up by like an RPG or something. Yeah, callback so, to, to go left. Yeah. And, I feel uh, like they're doing a little too much the on your left stuff. Probably, but it's what they got, man. But I'm also not complaining because it's iconic at this point. Yeah. But... Yeah, they eventually uh, escape out of there. Zemo looks like he's about to escape again, but then he pulls up with the car and is like, hop in, we're getting the band back together. Well, before that even, he puts on his mask and he just goes on a rampage. Yeah, for like two or three kills. And he's, he's just like, like, what on earth? Me? Yeah, he puts the mask yeah. on. He's just murking fools. It was pretty dope. And that's why I don't think he was trying to hide his identity or anything. It could have been, but I feel just like there has to be like some protection in that. Yeah, it's more of a confidence. I think it's more just like, I am the knight. I am the baron. Are we doing I am this? The purple grimace. Well, the purple menace. I I thought Thanos was grimace. That's what Star Lord calls him. Yeah, but it's very purple, close to Thanos color. Purple is no the color of, for chin though. Purple is the color of evil in uh, the MCU. I've decided. Yeah. Um, yeah. but like you said, he pulls up in the car. Mm-hmm. Sharon had already left. She said, uh, get her the pardon or maybe they were in the car when she said that. But no, so that whole thing we kind of skipped over, um, after she kind of saves her butts after the dispute with Selby, she takes him to her place and explains that how she's like a, pretty much like a, a fine, like an actual original art piece dealer and does some shady stuff and she's selling stuff. But she's up to some like illegal activity. She has to stay there because she's not safe outside. But she's saying how she has these sellers and all this that going on. So she's definitely in like a higher place of power and notoriety in uh, Madripoor. But that's when they do have that weird exchange about like Sam offering to get her pardoned if she can help and things like that. And just that whole like conversation felt weird. I don't know if it's sloppy writing or maybe it's kind of on purpose because. He says, like, oh, we can get you pardoned. She's like, no. Blah, 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 blah. And he goes, but we can get you pardoned. She's like, you son of a bitch, I'm in. And then shakes his hand. So it didn't really make sense. But after that, they did that little dancing scene. And it's it's so funny because it's literally just fish out of water. I feel like you even see, like, a quick glimpse of uh, Bucky getting a little smirk. He's just kind of like, all right. But it gets Zemo just dancing the little fist pump for, like, half a second. One of the best scenes that whole episode. Oh, Zemo. This is Zemo doing the yes. <laughs> I guess um uh I think it was Entertainment Weekly or something I saw. Um Daniel Broll, who plays Zemo, he actually said there's a longer clip of that uh of Zemo dancing. I really, really hope that eventually comes out. Oh, it's gonna be really an assembled. Endless, yeah, I want like an endless loop of just Zemo <laughs> dancing to like MCU music or something. It was so funny. Oh, goodness. Yeah, essentially after all that, she drives away and they go on their own way. But she makes a little comment to like her bodyguard right before she gets into the car saying like, we've got a problem. A few actually. Which I don't know. It's very, very quick and when it's said and then it glosses over for the rest of the episode. But like See, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, a little suspicious, a little sus, you know. So Orange is very that's sus. what made me that's what's starting to make me feel like 
part of me thinks she could be the power broker. Oh. Because she's been gone for a while. Oh. She's in a very shady area. She's even like in a higher like tower building, whatever, based off of her uh, living situation. So, and I think like that big graffiti letter saying power broker is always watching. She's definitely in a higher place, a higher uh, ground to have a better view on people. She was watching them when she was with, uh, when they were with Selvi. Yes. Old. And then, and then it feels weird. Like if she was, so she's the one who took the shot and took out Selby and saved them. And then she's like playing it dumb. Like, Oh, Selby must be dead. So I blah, 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 blah. Trouble always finds you or whatever. It's kind of weird that she knows, but doesn't if she did it. So it could be her trying to hide it. And just like the whole pardon conversation with her, it felt very strange. And so, um, there's also one more remark she makes to Sam and Bucky and all them saying like, you guys are in a lot more than you think, or like you're like way out of your league or something. She's basically saying like, you guys are in trouble more, like way more trouble than you need, than you know. And it kind of feels like, oh shit, you guys are involved in this now. And like, it's going to get messy. It's going to get dirty. Yeah. I don't know if they'd make her be evil like that. I feel like it's very left field or out of the blue for her, but also I kind of, I'm kind of digging with it. I don't know if it could be her. I'll be surprised, but also there's still a lot more to show. She, I just feel like either way, she's still hiding something. She could be working for the power broker for all we know. She was very anti-Hydra. Like I said, I just watched uh, Captain America yeah. 2, and like her job was to protect Cap and then suck his face, and then... Yeah. But that, was, that wasn't in that movie. But it was to protect Cap, and then she... Uh, she was the one to stand up to Romolo, uh, Crossbones, and she said, well, if we're... We have to attack Captain America. I feel like we have a right to know why. And then, yeah. So it seems like she was always on the side of good. So to just have her completely 180 without much of a explanation would be mm-hmm. strange. But, you know, stranger things have happened. That's why I feel like maybe I'm going a little too far with this idea. But it's just for one episode, and that's the episode she's in. There was a lot of mysterious um, stuff going on behind the scenes. Maybe they so, want you to think that. And that's what I'm thinking. There's a lot of misdirection, but I don't know. Um, I do want to talk a little bit, though, about some other people who didn't really have as much of a role in this episode, but still some more stuff was seen, which is um, the very brief scene with... Um, Carly? Johnny Walker oh. and uh, Battlestar. They're trying to they end up busting too late where Carly was at. Uh, and he has that exchange with like the the guy who took him in and was like offering shelter and a little like a bit of a base. And he says, like. Do you even know who I am? Because he's getting disrespected and the guy's is not talking and he says that beautiful thing is like, I know who you are and I don't care. And he spits on him. Yeah. And I was like, Walker. Do it. Do it. Oh, it would have go been, to the dark side. It would have been it. sick. I would have lost my mind if he started Captain America bashing this dude in the head. But I was waiting for it, but he doesn't. 
part of him probably knew that it's like, no, I shouldn't do it. But also, I think he's a weenie. So <laughs> Battlestar has to be the moral high ground here, trying to like talk some sense into this knucklehead. That's, that's one thing. Go ahead. Go ahead. But I was just going to say, it's just now we're slowly seeing more and more of just like the actual why Walker isn't worthy in my eyes, like why he's not a good person. We're seeing just like him being like, oh, do you know who I am? Like Cap would never, ever say like to someone who's not complying with him saying, hey, buddy, do you know who I am? Yeah. It's more so he's just like, I'm Captain America. Respect me. Respect me. Why are you not respecting me? Come on. I'm Captain America. I have a shield. Well, you should respect Captain America. I do respect Steve Rogers. Steve Rogers Johnny Walker is isn't being Captain like a America fucking carpet and everyone's walking over all over him. Well, you know, it, it's like that all the time. You just got to get used to it. Once you get like a sub, like... If your teacher goes out for the year or something, you get a sub, everyone treats the sub like crap, and then eventually they respect the sub a little bit better, you know? Steve, I don't know what school you went to, because everyone, every time we had a sub, it's like, we ain't Yeah, but shit. like, I'm talking about like an extended sub. Yeah. I don't know if I ever had one. But. Good question. But, yeah, you, I, you're definitely right. Steve Rogers is not one to go, do you know who I am? Because everyone. Yeah everyone peed their little pants when Captain America, Steve Rogers walked in. They'd be like, Oh no, no. Like I'm not even in trouble. I'm not even the bad guy, but no. Yeah. And exactly. They just don't, they don't respect Johnny Walker, John, excuse me, John Walker. Yeah. They, they don't care for him. They don't. And that's just how it would be anyway. You know, if once He's they a get schmuck. a new, once they get a new, any, anybody, it's like, who are you? You're not, yeah. You're not him. What do I care about you for? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was. I was waiting for him to just haul off and blast that dude, but he didn't do something stupid. Yeah. Made so I'll sad. give him credit. He walked away. He did the better thing, but still, he's a little sissy. Because I feel like he says something after that. He's like, "Oh, we need to do this. We need to do that," or something along the lines of that. Just made him sound like more of like an ass hat. You just hate him. You're a hater. <laughs> yeah, I'm a hater. Within reason. Um, but going to Carly with the Flag Smashers, we got to see a little bit more of what they're up to because um, it turns out well, it sounds like a really small amount of people actually have the serum, including her. But we see who um, she's trying to help out and getting like that uh, a vaccine or a serum for for uh, tuberculosis. Um, I forget the name of the character who we see in like the one um uh like refugee camp or whatever but i don't know if that's her mom or not because they have different names so i wasn't really sure what was going on with her um but ultimately that's the person she's trying to get the serum from which made me think more about that truck when they're loading up all the serums that bucky's like makes that uh comment on an episode too like oh it's got a bunch of like serums or vaccines. And then in this episode, um, she makes an episode about like the resource council or whatever. It was the GRC whose like involvement is trying to get everyone back into society and everything after the snap. Um, she makes a comment like how when they raid that one place, 
they have like six months worth of supplies, but they're not doing anything with it. So that made me think, well, maybe that was uh, the trucks or whatever, the serums they were stealing in episode two. Maybe that's some of those supplies that once again is like being left off the side, not actually being properly used by that uh, global agency. And so that's why she's going to grab it. And maybe those serums actually were for like TB, uh, tuberculosis and everything. Because um, I want to say she also makes a comment saying that that's something easy that's going around all the like camps and things like that. So it makes sense. She's trying to grab it. She's trying to help um, the refugees and everything post snap. So it's starting to make a little bit more of an alignment of like her motivations. She's trying to help people, but it's got that moral ambiguity of how she's doing it. So it kind of did show a little bit more later on when she uh, blows up that building and the car and everything. And she's like, like what? Like he's like, there's still people in that building. What? Why do you do that? And she's like, this is the only language they know how to speak. So you're starting to see like she'll fight, she'll play like she'll fight dirty. She'll fight fire with fire. But I mean, in her eyes, she's doing everything right and her cause is right. So uh, I was kind of glad to see we got to see a little bit more on her and the flag smashers. Yeah, you pretty much hit the nail on the head when the when the uh, building exploded. I thought her car exploded. So, yeah, so it, it was very a little confusing, very quick. So they're sitting in the car and I don't know if the building exploded as soon as he started the car or whatever, but they're sitting and all of a sudden you just hear a big explosion. I was like, oh, their freaking car just exploded. Somebody's yeah. on. Like, I thought the power broker had gotten to him and blew mm. them up. I was like, oh, my goodness. And then it just yeah. ended up being. uh she blew up the building and the, the car next with the car next to him. Maybe I think it was a car bomb yeah. that blew up the building. Either way, it sounds like she was the one who set it all up. Yeah. And I guess, I guess the flag smasher in the comic books never would like kill people and stuff. And mm. she just, she's out to, nope. to get her, get her shit done, man. Yeah. Roll up them sleeves. But uh, yeah, so with the end of this episode, it kind of ends on a bit of a cliffhanger because they arrive in, um, I forget what country they're in now, but Mu- didn't they go to, to Germany, up- Munich? I feel like, yeah, I wanted to say Munich because um, they're going to meet up with um, someone who uh, is going to hopefully get them a little bit closer towards what they're trying to figure out. But then Bucky says like you know what i'm gonna take a walk and they're like all right whatever which no is question which is weird yeah me. it's like we we're literally about to go upstairs to a place oh yeah let me just take a walk we just took a walk which is weird like that he's just like hey i'm gonna go for a stroll they're like okay see you later come that's, back before the street lamps come on that's strange to me yeah but but he's going because he found some uh pieces of candy no ooh. he found some beads which we definitely recognize from a certain super vibranium rich country. Yep. All they all they needed was the little bongo, the little noise that, that they always made for uh, T'Challa, rest his soul. Mm-hmm. But Bucky goes through and uh, 
And it looks up and there's a, a Wakandan warrior that says she's here for Zemo or she's searching for Zemo or so, yeah. something along that, something along those lines. They know he's out. And she says it in Wakandan in the, mm-hmm. in the language. And so that kind of throws a wrench in what, what Bucky's doing because he's very at peace with Wakanda. They took yeah. good care of him. He's the white wolf and all that jazz. But I feel like he's going to be able to bargain with them. I like, don't know. hey, I'm do- let us do this. Don't gonna, go after it just yet. We're going to see. You know, they blew, yeah, I don't know. They, they blew up their king and then they just, I, I feel like now they have to address the T'Challa in the room. Yeah. Part of me, I don't know how about you felt, but part of me was wondering because what once they first showed those beads, I, I instantly knew, all right, this is, this is Wakanda. Shuri stuff. I part of me, like maybe like five, ten percent of me thought T'Challa was gonna be the one there. And maybe they filmed all that before he unfortunately passed away. Oh, that would have made but me I was cry. Like, I, I was like, no, because that's tears. just gonna make things so difficult for them, or you know. So I was like, maybe Shuri's gonna show up or Okoye or something. But the fact that it was uh Ayo or Io. Io. Um Io. It was kind of cool that they showed a different character, not one of the top three that we're familiar with. You know, um, I didn't even re- I didn't even know who that was until I did a little more research on it. But she's the one in Civil War who tells Natasha to move, or she will be moved. Yeah, and then T'Challa says, "As much as I would love to see that, we have." bigger things going on yeah and i'm like oh that would have been sick as that would be yeah yeah it's a good line so you're so used to t'challa and okoye and shuri even Mm. mbaku you know when you're in wakanda you get mbaku um for the life of me i can't remember lupita nyongo's character's name Mm -hmm. but she was a big player in black panther but yeah. Io wasn't a wasn't a big player. She was in Black no, no, Panther, no. but not very remember. What's the word I'm looking for? Memorable. Memorable. Yeah. I was gonna say rememberable. That's not a word. The rememberall. Yeah. Different different universe completely. Um. But it seems like they're giving her a shot here, which is incredible. Always good. Mm-hmm. And uh, hopefully she kicks some ass. Yeah, episode four. I'm expecting some crazy stuff to go on. I want to say there's some articles going around saying that episode four is supposed to have some pretty big um, reveal or some big stuff is going on. So um, just be careful out there up until Friday when the episode comes out because uh, I'm already seeing a bunch of news sources right now about. Uh, Episode four runtime leak confirms uh, some other leaks and stuff like that. So um, just be careful because the spoilers are already out there. I don't know how people are already getting this stuff so fast, but just be warned, be wary that the truth is out there, but you might not want to read it. And we won't spoil anything, of course. We want to be like that. I'm, yeah, with the whole Wakanda part coming in. I'm excited. I feel like they'll throw in a line or something. Of, oh, I heard about 
King T'Challa, I'm sorry, or something like that. You know, I feel like they 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 can't do a Wakanda thing and not address yeah. T'Challa, Chadwick Boseman. Mm-hmm. God rest his soul. Yeah, it's a really tough spot. And I don't, I mean, I wouldn't be when I'm being like anyone at Marvel's uh, shoes right now trying to figure that out because that is just, that is not going to be easy. But um, I trust that they're going to do a good job with whoever they decide. I'm on the fence of just kind of like supporting whatever they do, whether they decide to um, kill off the character and do something else and move on and address it in the movie. Or I'm also a proponent for recasting. Um, I'm not particularly sure which exactly I favor more, to be honest, just because there's pluses and minuses to everything and good arguments out there. Um, but the thing is, today's day and age, no matter what you do or what they do, no one's going to be 100% pleased. So some people will probably see like, this is the best possible decision Marvel made. Then people are going to be on the other side of that coin saying, this is the worst possible decision Marvel could have made. So it's, I feel it's like, take some time. I feel like we don't need to discuss this, but I'm going to, I feel like the worst thing that they can do is just have somebody do the acting and then like deep fake Chadwick Boseman's face on there. Oh uh, yeah. That would be the worst thing that they can do. That would, yeah. that would make everyone angry. After what happened with um, episode nine, the rise of Skywalker for star Wars, um, Carrie Fisher passed away in 2016. And so the movie, they weren't sure what to do, but they said they weren't going to like CGI her or do anything like that. But what they ended up doing was, um, they used unused footage from episode seven, the force awakens. And they kind of wrote the movie around her old footage. And they just did some like digital, like touch ups and changes for like wardrobe and everything. But it's cool. It's, you know, I get it. They're trying to actually keep like some unused footage and they said they can make it work. But honestly, the way it went down in the movie, I was totally convinced they should have just recast or they should have done something else because it felt so stale. Having known for a while that, you know, obviously the Carrie Fisher is dead, Princess Leia. Um, it just felt so forced and it felt so awkward because you can tell the characters are really talking to her and just it just made the story. It took me out of the story there. And every, even after I watched every time, I'm just like, you guys should have done something better. You like, they hyped it up. Like they made the best possible decision, but really they didn't. And I don't think I would really hate them. Um, Disney and star Wars. That is if they decided to do something else with the character and not have to use unused footage. So going back to black Panther, I feel like it's kind of like what you said. It'd be terrible. If they just like try to deep fake him on there. It just, it wouldn't do the character justice. So it's kind of like a moral standpoint of what's more important, Chadwick Boseman as Black Panther and his legacy, or is it just Black Panther in general? Because, you know, there's many Black Panthers that we've seen in the movie. Um, the second but, the, the, the second worst thing I think would be Chadwick Boseman's brother looks pretty much exactly like him. I feel like you mm. can't just throw Chadwick Boseman's brother in there. Don't do that either. Yeah. Um, I don't like the idea of recasting the character of T'Challa. Mm-hmm. I that would be almost disrespectful to everything Chadwick Boseman did. Yeah, in my mind, I mean, I'm just some some guy on a podcast, you know. But 
Um, that would just, yeah, that would break my heart. I don't know that you like Marvel is my thing. And I feel like if I knew that coming this fall, you know, check out Jamie Foxx as T'Challa, I'd be like, Oh God, no, nope. Yeah. No, no, no. I Um, get that. If they just made a whole different character become the black Panther and laid T'Challa to rest, that would be my top thing that they should do. I feel like that has been the most um, vocal agreed upon decision. I've heard a lot of, um, go ahead. I was going to say, especially just for what you said alone, like passing off the mantle to someone else. Cause he could, I mean, there's plenty of characters that we've already seen, like uh, Shuri eventually becomes black Panther in the comics and stuff like that. Yeah. I've seen a Um, lot of Shuri. Yeah. She could be good, but they also could be setting up for something totally different because of how, uh, of how much of a genius she is with her technology and her engineering and science that they could totally do something else with that character, yeah. um, which is maybe what they could have been preparing for. But I mean, now it's something so unexpected and more and more comes out that literally no one knew he was that secret about it. So it's not even like they could have pre- started preparing for it, um, nor is it something you want to. It's just so unfortunate. So um yeah, I don't know. I uh, I don't like Shuri being Black Panther, but that's just mm-hmm. a personal thing. I also don't like the idea I've heard of uh, somehow, some way bringing um, uh, Uncle B. Jordan, Eric Killmonger back to life and have him just be the good guy now. Good guy, Black Panther. You know, you were bad guy in the movie, but the only way I see it working because it's possible is through the multiverse. He comes from a, <laughs> well, he doesn't know. I'll say he comes from a different, uh, timeline where the roles are reversed. T'Challa is the one who's growing up in, you know, bad neighborhood and everything. And his father's killed by his uncle, who is the King of Wakanda, which is, um, Killmonger's dad. And so, he's actually a good guy on this timeline and somehow he gets sucked into the multiverse and gets spat out here. That's the only way I could see it working. Plus I think he could do a good job, but also I feel like it'd be kind of weird. Cause it's like, Oh yeah, you just came from a different universe. Yeah. You can stay here. You can rule our country. Yeah. Care about okay. us. Like you cared about them. Yeah. So it, it would be, it'll, it'd be weird. Plus I would leave, you know, his timeline. So like, and they'd be in a problem. Yeah, I don't want to see, I don't want to see Mbaku become the Black Panther because Manape is like so yeah. awesome. <laughs> that's like so, my that's like my favorite character in all of Black Pantherdom. Nice, but I mean, we we definitely got off topic here. But yeah, I feel like you can't you you just you can't just say, "Yep, this is T'Challa now." deal mm-hmm. with it i'll just be like yeah no we're not doing a uh terrence howard becomes don Cheadle thing again we're not doing <laughs> we're not doing that i'm not gonna accept that that mark ruffalo is uh is yeah um who's the edward other norton. actor edward norton yeah you know especially because from civil war to avengers infinity war Oh, Black Panther was first. Civil War, Black Panther, Avengers Infinity War, Avengers Endgame. He was he he had cancer 
the whole time. Mm-hmm. And he still did phenomenally. I don't know award season wise. I think Black Panther won. It got um I want to say it got the Oscar for best costume design. Something like and that. And maybe one other one. But yeah, it did it, I mean it's an Oscar winning film. But regardless. the fact the fact that it was even mentioned for Oscars yeah. when superhero movies really aren't. Nope. And that one was, and it was like a big deal. And, and everyone, you know, I went to go see it in the theater, sold out, had to see something else. Mm-hmm. Like that was like the big cheese. And it came out right Monty before Metal. Infinity War. Hmm? Mm-hmm. I said it was Money Metal. And I feel like if they're just like, yep, here's uh, Joe Blow. He's going to be T'Challa now. Just, you can't, yeah. You can't do that to me, man. That would make yes. me consider not seeing a movie. I would be like, eh, not not feeling it. Yeah. So we'll see. So wish them the best of luck trying to figure that out. But um, going back to the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, um, I can't wait for episode four. I mean, if you think about it, it's only six episodes. We're already halfway through this uh, the series, and then we're done. So I feel like this episode gave us some more time to actually take in what's going on and get a little bit more of a grasp on the story and everything. Um, so I'm expecting a, we're going to be right at that kind of uh, just about like the climax, of the story, and then it's probably going to end on another cliffhanger or something. But uh, I'm expecting some type of reveal or something that's going to be big or some cameo, something um, in this episode. So episode four, I'm ready. Oh, I've been ready. It's only been Tuesday. Ready. F me, right? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I feel like with Marvel, now they don't tie anything up. Like mm-hmm. they tied up Endgame pretty well. They didn't mm-hmm. even give you a post credit scene until everyone complained. And then it was just a trailer for Far From Home. But yeah, th- at the end of everything, they just like come back. And you're like, ah, oh, you know, I will. You know, I will. You know, WandaVision. I think- at the end of every episode was like a cliffhanger. And then at the end of yeah. the ser- at the end of the series, she's doing the Dr. Strange thing. Got her thing going. There's stuff happening. You're like, well, looks like I got to come back for season two. Right. Or we Dr. Did get Strange. A couple, uh, we did get a couple line credit scenes though in WandaVision uh, later yeah. on in the season. Yeah. And I stay for each one of these ones and I haven't got, exactly. we, we haven't gotten one yet. <laughs> Through all 25 minutes of credits each episode. But unfortunately, that will do it for this week's episode. We've had a great time discussing. Uh, we got it off track a little bit here and there, but it's good questions and good discussion all around. I'm glad that Marvel still has different ways to make us think and um, really wonder and just be totally mesmerized by what they've uh, created with this universe. So, um, That'll do it for this week with Earth 894. Do you have any final thoughts, Louie? My final thoughts are to check out our Instagram page and our Facebook. They're linked up. Yeah. I try to post on there at least at least three or four times a week. Um, we're starting a new thing on Tuesdays is Trivia Tuesdays. 
today's yes. today's trivia question was what is the name of this Wakandan warrior? It was Io at the end of episode three. I said if you get it right, you get a shout out. Unfortunately, I can't figure out how to figure out who got it right on Facebook. On Instagram, Richard, I'm not going to use last names. Richard got it right. And on Facebook, I know my wife Hannah got it right. There's one more right on Facebook. I can't remember who it is. So there's your shout out. But check it out. Tuesdays, we're doing Trivia Tuesdays. And Wednesdays, we're going to do like a this or that type question called Civil War Mm -hmm. Wednesdays. We're bringing back the Civil War meme that we were talking about in the previous episode. We're doing Civil War Wednesdays. So, I mean, just for fun, check them out, you know, share them with your friends. It's just just a fun little thing to look forward to. Yeah, so uh, Louis has been kicking ass and taking names or taking ass and kick names, um, depending on who uh, speaking. But he uh, has some really good trivia and civil war wednesday ideas so it's gonna be really cool but you gotta follow us on instagram and likes on facebook at earth 894 underscore podcast to get in on the action it's gonna be a really good time we're gonna have new ideas and stuff to come out there and content for you guys to eat up but to really help us out to help grow that listenership it would help and mean a whole lot to us we would of course love you three thousand if you gave us a five-star review on apple Podcasts, if you listen there Help us get noticed and climb up the charts a little bit so then we can get more listeners and, you know, eventually have a larger group scene when it's time to kick some Thanos ass when we say Avengers Assemble. And, yeah, uh, yeah I post on the story all the time, you know, questions or comments or little funny thing. Mm-hmm. If you feel like you're just having a mundane day, check out the Earth894 story on Facebook and Instagram. There you go. And feel free to give us any feedback, questions, emails, anything you want to talk about and have us feature on the show. Even want to just want to shout out. Feel free to message us on uh, their Facebook or Instagram. Um, it's really easy. We can easily notice it. And then we can uh, love to chat and get to know you guys. So um, that'll do it for us over in our planet, Earth 894. Until then. We'll see you next week.